Welcome back to the Below Average Joe's MMA show. I am your host, Dominic Salee, and we are going to get into all things UFC Vegas 81. And well, that's pretty much it. Uh, it was a pretty quiet weekend after a very, very loud week last week in the MMA space. So we're going to talk about the main event between Sadiq Youssef and Edson Barboza and then get into a couple of my thoughts from the rest of the card. It was a pretty good one. There were some diamonds in the rough, so a few takeaways to discuss on today's show as well. Going to be super duper short, but maybe you guys like that, those audio listeners out there. So uh, get ready. We're here to recap it all. Let's get right into it. He's still got it. Edson Barboza at 37 years of age gets the decision victory against Sadiq Youssef and what was Sadiq's first UFC main event high caliber spot in the promotion. Edson just looked like he had been there and done that time and time again. The experience of the longtime veteran pays off and we're going to get into kind of how this fight came about, how it went down and really just it was a incredibly good fight and I didn't know expectation wise what to expect you know I am a Sadiq fan believed in his potential still do to a certain extent but I guess that's part of the discussion today but going in I should say I was excited for this and how it would play out Sadiq getting a very big name opponent how would Sadiq kind of uh, fulfill in this spot would he live up to these expectations and to the ceiling that has been placed on him by some people, such as myself. And, well, round one, he sure did. Uh, he came out guns blazing, and he said, apparently, leading into the fight, that that was his plan, him and his team. They wanted to do damage early. They felt that if they dealt damage in the first round, it would you know, lead them to success in rounds two, three, four, and five, and eventually get a late finish in the fight as well. And while part of that plan did work, uh, Sadiq looked great in round one, the most aggressive version of him we have ever seen, the most powerful version of him we've ever seen in terms of the striking. He wobbled Edson and dropped him super early on, under a minute into the fight, if I'm not mistaken, in route to what many would believe outside of Chris Lee, because, oh boy, we just can't go a week, one week, without having something weird in the judging space. This was a 10-8 on 99.9% .9 of everybody's uh, scorecard criteria is it was that dominant of a round for Sadiq almost getting a finish landing just a plethora of strikes on the feet and with the ground and pound he was going for the finish and Edson Barboza to his credit man just was able to stay composed somehow some way he survives they go into round two obviously much less of a pace it was probably the closest round I mean Two, four, and five were all relatively close, but there was something about round two that felt like that would be like the determining factor when it came down to the judges' scorecards. It kind of didn't, though, to be quite honest, but at least in real time when I was viewing it, that's how it felt. So it was a very close round. We go to round three. Edson Barboza lands a spinning wheel kick because why wouldn't he? That's what he does in his career. This man's arsenal of kicks and striking is just such, like it is in an elite a class of its own. There's only so many people throughout the UFC's history that can do the things that Edson can do. And he had Sadiq 
doing the spaghetti leg, the stanky leg. He was wobbling everywhere, dropped him, almost finishes Sadiq in round number three. And Edson Barboza, all of a sudden, after being finished in nearly the opening minutes, has all of a sudden tied things up and almost finished the young prospect in Sadiq. And then rounds four and five came and went very good, very competitive. Was a great fight, it really was. As I said at the very initial beginning of this uh, discussion here, I didn't know what to expect in terms of how the fight would play out. I knew I was excited. I wanted to see if Sadiq could live up to the hype. I wanted to see if Edson, how much does he still have to offer? Because yes, he looked great against Billy Q, but now this is number 11 ranked Sadiq Yusuf, and a lot of people believe in him and his potential here in the future. And he was talking about becoming a champion and this and that and the other. And Edson answered the call and showed that there's still plenty left to give to the fans, to the sport, to the UFC, and to himself to prove himself still worthy here. Uh, now off of back-to-back wins against people that on paper going into the fight should have beaten him and Billy Q and now Sadiq Yusuf, especially here against Sadiq. What more can be said? This was also fight of the night, which is now a record nine fight of the night bonuses and awards given to Edson Barboza, the most in UFC history. And something tells me he may just make it double digits before he's all said and done because he has no signs of slowing down, really, that we have seen. You know, yes, he's lost at featherweight. His total record now at 145 is 4-3. and three. But you look at these losses, razor close debut to Dan Ige, one that he arguably won. And then he got finished by Giga and lost to Bryce Mitchell. So there's a world where he could still be 5-2. and two, And that is very good at this late into the stage of the game. You know, we don't see a lot of people when they're in their high 30s drop down weight classes we see them move up and Edson has kind of changed that mold him and I mean I guess Jose Aldo are the two that really stick out and that have had success when dropping weight classes late in their career rather than moving up but Edson here now come Tuesday will be approaching top 10 you'll obviously at least switch spots at minimum and be number 11 but maybe crack in at 10 or 9 depending on the rest of the division and I'm excited to see what could be next for Edson. This showed me here that there are still not only great fights to be had, but there are still wins on the table potentially for Edson Barboza. I just want to look at what could be ahead here. He's already fought Bryce. Uh, Movzarev, Loyev is booked right now. Giga, maybe they could run that back. It's been a few years. But the one that sticks out to me most, Edson Barboza, Calvin Cater, the number seven ranked featherweight in the world and not booked right now. And if he is, oh boy, there's just so much that happens in the sport that I forgot, but I don't believe that he is. Give me Calvin Cater and Edson Barboza all day, every day, and twice on Sunday in a five-round main event of a fight night next or a big-time featured bout, maybe on a, a pay-per-view card or something like that. I think that is a super fan-friendly fight. I think it's a fight where both guys can come in with in a sense, chips on their shoulder of wanting to prove that we have faltered against very good opponents for sure, but that doesn't define what we can still do at 145 pounds. I think that is such a phenomenal matchup, something the UFC uh, should really look into doing. So let me know what you guys think. Who do you want to see Edson Barboza fight next? Calvin Cater? Want to see somebody else? Maybe a Josh Emmett? A rematch with a Bryce Mitchell or a Giga Chikadze? Let me know, but I'm all for cater 
versus Barboza next. Let's talk about Sadiq Youssef here real quick. What to make of a losing effort? All of that success in round one for Sadiq Youssef, nearly getting the finished, a 10-8 round, again on 99% of the scorecards, uh, just looking so good, the best that we'd ever really seen him, and then it just went away, right? Round by round, Edson got back into this fight, inevitably won this fight, and left Sadiq, you know, winless and main events thus far, right? This was his first one. He's now 0-1. And to add to that, the biggest moments that Sadiq has had in his young career thus far, only 30, but still, this was his, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. This was his eighth UFC fight. He was 6-1 and one coming in. The only other loss was to Arnold Allen, but now the two losses are to a highly touted Arnold Allen and a highly touted Edson Barboza. The two biggest opportunities, the two biggest names, the two biggest and best opponents that Sadiq has had so far in the UFC are the moments where he has faltered, where he hasn't gotten a victory. How long can you have that type of career where, okay, bounce back from Edson, maybe fight two or three times against the lower level guys, maybe one or two outside of the top 15, one between 10 and 15 gets a win, but then gets an opponent in the top 10 again and loses. You can only do that and have sustainability doing that for so long until you really are no longer labeled as a promising fighter and then become a gatekeeper. And I don't like the narrative about gatekeeper that term being passed around negatively, I don't mean it that way, but it's a big difference, right? From being someone that's promising a contender to being a gatekeeper, someone that lets people in to the top 15, top 10, wherever that may fall. There's a couple different types of gatekeepers for sure. And that's the road we could potentially be going down here with Sadiq. I'm still holding out. I still believe in his talent. Just look at round one and there are obviously great skills there. And even, Outside of round one, Sadiq still had success. You know, he was landing shots. He fought a good fight. Edson just fought that much better of a fight, especially once that third round knockdown came for Edson. That was really a tide turner, something that Sadiq couldn't really come back from. That much adversity, you know, getting wobbled, getting dropped in this big moment, all the spotlight on you. He couldn't recover from that. Edson was able to recover from what happened to him in round one. And I think that's the big takeaway here. So I'm holding out hope still for Sadiq. I'd like to see what could come next here. He's going to drop a couple spots, maybe down to number 13. You know, I'm just going to be honest. Maybe a fight with maybe, oh, I don't know, Larone Murphy could be an absolute banger of a fight. Larone Murphy yet to lose in the UFC. You know, he's looked so good. He finally cracked into the top 15, you know, not too long ago here in 2023. I don't like to just, like I did with um, Edson, where that's the fight I need to see him and Cater. It makes too much sense. I'm not feeling that way specifically for Sadiq and Lerone Murphy, but I, I think Sadiq, after this fight, at least a fight of the night, five-round, 25-minute war with Barboza, don't just go fight someone else on the outside looking in. I feel like he still has earned the right to fight top-level, top-15 competition. So, you know, not Caceres, they just fought not too long ago, but maybe he could fight Ige or Larone Murphy, names like that. Something that is still name value-wise, sure, not as high as Barboza, but still a big enough challenge 
to where that narrative that I was talking about for Sadiq is still there. Can he beat Danny Gay? Can he beat Larone Murphy? You know, that that would say a lot if he can. And if he cannot, we may just find out sooner rather than later just how high or maybe low that ceiling has transitioned for Sadiq Youssef. So this was an incredible fight, uh, regardless of the outcome here. It sucks to see Sadiq lose, but it's great to see Edson win. You know, it's one of those fights where two guys, there's no heel, if you will. A lot of people love these fighters. A lot of people like Sadiq, including myself on Twitter, with like his funny betting breakdowns and stuff. Edson Barboza is just a legend of the UFC and of the fight game in general. So it was a great main event. I'm glad the fight over-delivered, um, in my opinion, and may, hopefully for a lot of you guys. I think it over-delivered in terms of the type of fight that we got for sure. And I'm excited to see what will come next for both of these guys. Again, for Barboza, I want to see him fight Calvin Cater. Let me know what you guys think about that fight. And let me know what you want to see from Sadiq. Do you want something like Ige or Larone, still someone ranked in the top 15? Or do you think one step back, not too far out of the rankings, but someone on the outside looking in to kind of get Sadiq's feet wet again, see if he can bounce back from this loss? And hopefully, too, for Sadiq, he can become a little bit more active. I'm sure that this inactivity, you know, this is now, again, this was his eighth UFC fight but he's been in the organization since December of 2018. So when this year ends in less than, you know, what is it, two and a half months, he will fall eight total times in five years. You know, that's not a lot of activity for someone that is in their prime years like Sadiq. So I'd love to see a two or three fight year in 2024 for Sadiq. I think that could do him a lot of good. One for relevancy. I think people forget about Sadiq and his skills and talents. But I think for him to constantly stay in a camp, to stay healthy, to get names and fights under his belt, I think could go a long way. So let me know what all you guys thought about this main event spot. All right, now that we're done with the main event of UFC Vegas 81, Sadiq Yusuf, Edson Barboza, I want to talk about some quick hitters from the rest of the card. We had a good chunk of ranked fighters on this card, a couple big wins. I just want to get into what could be next for a couple of them. We're going to start with women's flyweight, the co-main event. Viviani Araujo got a big bounce back win after a two-fight skid and beat Jennifer Maya by unanimous decision. Looked very good through and through. Competitive on the feet, strong, very physically strong, good in her grappling as she always is, and uh, got an unexpected win, to be honest. I was a Jennifer Maya better personally going into this. I thought Jennifer had looked very good in her last couple of outings, including a win over Casey O'Neill, which I hold in pretty high regard. I just felt she had a lot more, um, I guess, not strengths in particular, but just more ways to win this fight. I felt like as good as she had looked compared to Viviani, I felt strongly that Maya would win, and she did not. Arujo had a great bounce back here. Um, This was number nine, Maya, versus number 11, Viviani. And again, a a bounce back spot to end a two-fight skid. I'd love to see Viviani take on someone like a Macy Barber next, to be quite honest. Macy just had surgery on her foot, looking to get back in relatively early 2024, if I'm not mistaken. It is a fresh matchup, and I think it's actually a pretty challenging stylistic fight for Macy. Macy's looked so good lately, is so strong herself and physical. I think pairing those two together would actually be a very, very good fight and could say a lot for what each of them have to offer in the future of uh, women's flyweight. So give me Viviani Arujo and Macy Barber next 100%.
Does Jonathan Martinez have the best leg kicks in the UFC right now? Mm. He may just because he damn near kicked Adrian Yanez's leg off of his body last night. Two of the last three victories for Jonathan Martinez have came via TKO from leg kicks, both in the second round. This guy can chop down your limbs and still beat up your face bad with his punches and striking. Jonathan Martinez has won six straight fights and has ever so quietly crept his way into extreme relevance of the 135-pound Bantamweight division. He was number 13 coming into this fight, and after this type of performance, give that man top 10 next to his name at minimum. This guy is on one right now and is surging, having that big-time moment in his career. He is 29 years old, in the prime right now, entering the prime, some would say. 19 wins, 4 losses. Maybe the one thing holding him back during this win streak, and that's honestly even debatable, right, is like, you know, before Yanez, he beat Saeed Nurmagomedov. He TKO'd with leg kicks Cub Swanson, Vince Morales, Alejandro Perez, and uh, a name that I'm not even going to attempt to say back in 2021. So needless to say, good wins for sure sprinkled in there. But now that he beat Adrian Yanez, who is a fellow ranked top 15 fighter, let's really really challenge Jonathan next and see if he can deliver. There's so many fun matchups in this division that you could do with Jonathan between the Ricky Simones of the world who just signed a new UFC contract. Umar Nurmagomedov is still trying to get healthy and come back early 2024. Pedro Munoz, I mean, Dominic Cruz, Rob Font, Song Yudong, all of those types of matchups are realistic and super Super exciting for Jonathan Martinez. That's the beauty of men's bantamweight right now. It is on fire, the best that it's been probably in its history, and that's across the board. Even look at Bellator's bantamweights. They are unbelievable as well. The future is seriously bright for Jonathan Martinez. Michelle Pereira no longer gets tired in the dressing room before fights. He no longer gets tired on the walkout to his fights. And he no longer misses weight because he made his middle weight debut. And it only took one minute to knock out the undefeated in the UFC, Andre Petroski, last night. En route to his sixth straight overall victory, Michelle Pereira. Middleweight is for him. The, the guy's a behemoth. It's hard to imagine him ever making 170 for as long as he did. He belongs at 185, and he filled out and looked so so good. And to get a finish in one minute, you absolutely have to get launched to a top 15 opponent next against any of these top 10 to 15 ranges right now would be an absolutely incredible fight. I think this was a great career move for Michelle Pereira, one that was needed after the weight miss. He was booked to fight Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, missed weight, got pulled from that card, kind of just made a mess of what Stephen Thompson's doing with his career right now because he still doesn't have any fights booked. Now he has at least figured it out, Michelle. At middleweight, 185 pounds, you belong there. You put on a masterful one-minute debut in the weight class. I'm so excited to see what can come next for this new version of Michelle Pereira. Another Bantamweight banger, and what's new? Christian Rodriguez and Cameron Simon had a back-and-forth 
three-rounder that went the distance. Christian Rodriguez did get his hand raised, has won three in a row, and uh, kind of played spoiler on two back-to-back hype trains, beating Raul Rosas Jr. in his last one, and this time giving Cameron Simon his first loss of his professional career, a 22-year-old from South Africa that trains alongside Drikus Duplessis. Big red flag, Christian Rodriguez missed weight by four pounds. That definitely sucks, and pulled off some steam from what I felt was nearly a perfect, you know, fight and week for Christian Rodriguez had he not missed that weight. So definitely still some things to hash out uh, on the outside, right? But the, the fighting, the skills are there for Christian and even for Cameron in a losing effort. This was a very competitive, close fight. Um, I probably lean Christian Rodriguez, but it, it felt closer than like that the clean sweep uh, on the judges' scorecards for sure. I think it was two 29-28s and then one 30-27. But it was a great fight. It just shows that 25-year-old Rodriguez, 22-year-old Simon, as I just said with Jonathan Martinez and Yanez, Bantamweight is the best it's ever been. Yeah, you look at that top 15, you look at the ranked fighters in Bellator, it's incredible the high-level the high level fights that you can make throughout 1 through 15. Match any two together, and it's going to be pretty damn intriguing. But then you look on the outside looking in at these two young up-and-comers, and that's not all of them, right? But these are the two that got to perform on this card. How healthy and how sustainable this division is for the years to come is so, so exciting. So, so long as Christian can get the weight kind of in check for his next couple of fights, I'm very excited for him, and I'm still a believer in Cameron Simon as well. Menon's Bantamweight, man, 135 pounds is just thriving to say the least. And that's pretty much all of the big hitters for me from the rest of the UFC Vegas 81 card, at least in depth in terms of takeaways. You know, we did have Darren Elkins somehow, some way still winning fights and even getting finishes. He finished TJ Brown late in the third with a submission. Terrence McKinney got a 22nd finish. And my favorite stat of the weekend is that that 22nd finish is only the fifth fastest finish in Terrence McKinney's career. Not many people, if any, can say that they've racked up the quick hitting, you know, finishes that Terrence McKinney has. And I'm sure we'll see him back before the end of 2023 for sure at the rate that he fights. Chris Gutierrez got a big bounce back win at Bantamweight as well and will hold his spot in the top 15. Emily Ducote had a great, you know, performance at the beginning. So it was a pretty solid card from top to bottom. But we touched on all the big takeaways for me, some of the fights that I want to see next. Let me know if you guys agree with some of those ideas. If you don't, let me know what fights you would prefer to see next instead. Hope you guys did enjoy this episode. I know that they're much, much shorter now in this solo layout, but I hope you're at least still finding enjoyment out of them. I hope it's still beneficial for you guys to hear my opinions, my thoughts, and get some uh, breaking news and all that stuff out on these breakdowns, these recaps, these previews. So if you did, be sure to... uh, you know, drop a rating on your audio platform of choice. Follow us if you don't already and you're just finding the show. Stay up to date with everything regarding our community and platform on social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, uh, the Below Average Joes, at the B-A-J-M-M-A. And I love you guys. It was a great weekend. Hope you guys had a great weekend. Hope you guys have a great week. And it's going to be a massive, massive you know, middle of October with UFC 294 going down this coming weekend. Going to be a lot of stuff to discuss as we preview the card, break down the card, 
and maybe even some news that will come throughout the week as well. So stay tuned for that, and I will see you guys then.